We won away. Yeah. Do your dance. No alliance. You know what I'm saying? About 20, 30 episodes, we're going to have a giveaway. Yeah. Keep it tuned for that. You know what I'm saying? Merch. Yeah. Merch is coming. Merch. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Here we was. No alliance. We back. Where to follow us at? Yeah. Uh, follow us on Got Dang on Twitter at What's Really, What's really no. Going? No. No. No, 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 my bad. Follow us on Twitter at underscore W-R-O-G-O. Follow us on Instagram at What's, What's really, really Going. going. Follow us on YouTube at What's Really Going on. Subscribe on the Gatling on Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Follow him on Twitter. Um, Last King Yeah. True Lion King. Alright, so let's get into, let's get into it, the news. Man. So you want to start? Uh, you, you threw this in the dock. Uh, this food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Florida Senate approved a bill allowing teachers to carry guns in schools. Bill is in response to last year's Parkland shooting that killed 17 people on the vote was 22 to 17. Hmm. This is wild. And then like when I looked at it earlier, because when you first sent it to me, you know, everybody was like, Florida, y'all, y'all on your last strike and you already, you know, we about to let y'all go somewhere else. What's the point? You know, what's the point? So, but to get into oh yeah, looking into it, they said the teachers who um would who would want to carry guns must undergo a psych evaluation, a drug screening, and police style training because you know that that'd be working so well. <laughs> but <Bruh. sighs> my what <laughs> what is this going to solve? I think that's the biggest problem. Is that I think that. We often think of like it's like a very like American way of trying to solve something. It's like, how do we solve this? Let's do more. Let's make it worse. Like, right, like really, like this is the worst thing to do. Why why would you put a gun in the classroom with a teacher and like you if I'm sorry, if I'm a black parent, my kid is getting homeschooled. And if Mr. French got the got the nine millimeter on the joint, that's that's not a good look. Um but yeah, um, yeah. So that's like really crazy. I don't understand why they would pass a bill like that. Simply because what is that gonna solve? Like adding a gun to an environment that is supposed to be nurturing for like students. Is right. Not, like, like, I mean, you're just setting yourself up for something to happen. Right. That, that's gonna like <laughs> encourage students to bring guns. To be honest, or just take the teacher's gun. You know, so uh, like Mr. something push. I like, got him. something, <laughs> some crazy is going to happen. Like, like a student going to accidentally shoot a teacher. Like, like a, a teacher going to accidentally shoot. Not absolutely, or walk in the wrong classroom. You wasn't supposed to be there. Or it was something like something. Stu- I, was I didn't think a he joke out of the Texas situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, she, yeah whatever. But um, so yeah, shout it, out to Florida. No, not shut setting up the worst possible standard. You know they be the ones starting out of the BS because they did the state of grounds started with that. Yeah. Now they with this BS. 
that's the rifle or uh, what's the the Nation, national, national uh, association they make a lot of money off of people in florida huh yeah and they about to too they're about to make money from the state because they're going to be buying them gun. anywho so shout out to florida that's a mess um let's get to the next food for thought next topic Oh, child, they can't know. Anyway, um, not anyway. So the next part, topic is like very important for real. Uh, John Singleton, the first African American and youngest person of any race to be nominated for Oscar. Um, yeah, he passed away at fifty-one from a stroke, and he was like on life support, and his family decided to take him off. Um, of course, you know him from the likes of Boys in the Hood, Hustle and Flow, Four Brothers, Baby Boy, <clears throat> and the TV show Snowfall. Which is really good. Yeah. And you so? No. Snowfall. I have it. Basically, like, crack. They, in the it's it's talking about in the LA. Epidemic. But, like, like I really want to watch it. I'm going to actually go watch it. Yeah. It's um, on FX. It's really, really good. Bro, this is crazy because, like, <laughs> a lot of his movies are, like, my favorite movie, almost. I mean, Boys in the Hood is like that's classic. one of my Maybe favorite. Maybe as much movies. as it gets shit on, and like for some good reason, some bad. But that's like, a black classic, boy. It's a black like, classic. That don't mean it's that's good. a black class. That's a good movie. I hate you. That's I a good you, movie. Henry. Shit, the <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but on, on a real note, I mean, I think it's just sad because I think you know it's like you know everyone kind of thinks of. Spike Lee is kind of like the black person in film, and I think um, yeah, that and, is true. and Singleton was kind of that person who, you know, he didn't have like kind of like the the reach <laughs> and the long kind of lasting impact of Spike Lee, but I think that yes, I mean, um, you know, Singleton, he's I think he's often viewed below not below Spike Lee, but I think that he's often forgotten. He's often forgotten, and I mean, I think. You know, I didn't know that he was involved in Snowfall until after his passing. And, you know, of course, I knew about Boys in the Hood and Baby Boy. But I didn't know about, like, even some, even stuff like Hustle and Flow and Four Brothers movies that I've seen. So I think that, you know, it's sad because he was one of the more prominent, you know, blacks of his generation in film along with... But he was 24 when he got the Oscar. Which is crazy to think of. And I think that, you know, he passed on the mantle to other people like... You know Ryan Coogler and Ava DuVernay and bro, all he that put stuff. a lot of he put a lot on. of people on, but he also was like, you know, I'm sure just like how Spike Lee was probably an inspiration to him, Singleton was probably was definitely an inspiration to a lot of like the next coming generation of filmmakers who are out now. And I think that you know we try to highlight black films and all that stuff. So I think that you know we wouldn't have been able to highlight all this without. You bro, this man made shab poetic justice. Like he made a lot of. Shit. I forgot about poetic justice too. Yeah. Like, like, like that. So I think it's it's sad, but I think you also have another interesting note about you know kind of his passing in the. Dark. Oh yeah, so like our producer wanted it to speak about how like, um, it just like as a black community, a lot of us males don't go to the doctor um, and get checkups or whatnot. So like, that's a big thing. We gotta like start taking care of ourselves and making sure we're going to the doctor and you know what I'm saying? Make sure everything all right. Cause especially like that's 51 is kind of young. I mean, my parents are, he was younger than my parents. Yeah, my mom is 54. Yeah, my parents are 52. <clears throat> So yeah, it's 
I don't like to talk about stuff like this, but um, not to say, but I think it's I think it's one like you said, it's a thing about health. It's a thing about you know how how important he was in terms of film, but I also think it's in terms of you know it's we should always be sure to celebrate people while they're doing, right? And not after they pass, right? And I know this hard on LA because you know uh, last month you know the Nipsey and now yeah. this, so you know praise you know give give people flowers while they still while they can still smell them, right? That's the thing, right? So now we're going to get into this uh, next topic, which was actually relevant today. I mean, or yesterday or whatever. I mean, yeah, today, yesterday, same thing. But yeah, uh, so I'm going to play the clip for y'all and then we'll get into it, man. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Attorney General Barr, has the president or anyone at the White House ever asked or suggested that you open an investigation of anyone? Um. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, yes or no. Could you repeat that question? I will repeat it. Yeah. Has the president or anyone at the white house ever asked or suggested that you open an investigation of anyone? Yes or no, please, sir. Um, the president or anybody else. Seems you'd remember something like that and be able to tell us. Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to grapple with the word suggest. I mean, there have been discussions of, of matters out there that uh, they have not asked me to open an investigation. But Perhaps they suggest. <laughs> yeah, he could directly answer. <laughs> he was pressed, bro. He started. I swear he started sweating. Bro, yeah, if you watch that whole thing, she chopped him up. It's about like eight minutes if you Google like Kamala questioning William Barr or Bear. So for further explanation, that was Attorney General William Barr, um, Bill Barr. Uh, so basically he was questioned about the Mueller report, which was released a couple weeks ago. We talked about that. But then in this version, he was questioned by the Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, and then Kamal Harris, Senator from California, a 2020 candidate, dropped the dropped the mics, Bro, got the knives out. She was out. going in, like she um, was going hard. And I she think was he, really going in on him. Like he ne- he didn't directly the little portion of it that I watched. He didn't directly answer nothing. nothing. Like, he was like uh, just uh, beating around the bush. Can you right. repeat that? And they were saying how um, I was watching. I don't know what little talk show this was, but they was talking about how Richard Nixon, mm-hmm. his uh, attorney general, yeah. um, went to jail for doing the same thing. And they was like, yeah. if he didn't cross the line, he was on that like little thin He was skating on thin ice. Because like, they were saying, it's a felony. You get five you, years you, in prison. Right, if you lie to Congress. Uh, to lie to, if, yeah, if you lie to Congress. So... Yeah, I'm like, bro, if if he get away with this, they're basically saying that they might try to make people might try to make an example out of him, or basically like, yo, you came up in here and lied, like your your testimony here contradicted your testimony that you gave to us here. So either you lying then or you lying now. But I think most importantly, like besides like the fact that you know our attorney general out here just capping like that. Um, I think the most important thing from that whole um, questioning was that it basically Mueller released a letter that was basically like to Barr saying like, "Yo, you you went off from what that was my the big thing. That was the big was. one. That was, was the big thing. Basically, like, yo, thing. we gave you summaries mm-hmm. and you wrote your own without fully reading it. That's What's what Kamala, that's what Kamala was <laughs> like, going in about because he was like." Uh, 
Because she basically kept asking him, like, uh, did you view the evidence? And he was like, well, no, did you I, know. And I, I said, yeah, uh, yeah. The evidence. It, it, it was like, yeah, can it you, was fun. It wasn't you, funny, but it was just like he never directly answered questions. Can you put that in a I watched. And the fact that you didn't review evidence, how are you going to say, okay, the president didn't obstruct, you know what I'm saying? Or just how you going to release a, how you just going to say like, oh, I know the result. Right. It's fine. How do you know the result without even like looking at You got to be a bold MF to get up there and lie to Congress. Because me and you, boy, we had the towel around our head at that point. We'd be like, Wait, what? Child. I don't even know. <laughs> Whatever. So next up, you know, this this already happened, um, but we just go on. I mean, it's a big thing because we were talking about it at work yesterday. No, um, it's still a big thing. So we're going to get into this. Because uh, it's bigger than what it is, but like, yeah. We gonna yeah. College campus. They're in part of DC, so they have to work within DC. If they don't want to be within DC, then move the campus. I think we need to work together, and I don't think it should be a he or he or there here. It's our community, and that's how it should be. Again, Howard University. Who? Like <laughs> what? Did you hear what he said? Run that back, Quavo. Like what? Run that back, Turbo. Like what? what? I said Quavo, <laughs> but uh, my dumbass. But it is Turbo. My bad, but yeah, Brooks. What the f- wrong with him? How the heck you tell a university that's a hundred plus years old to move? Do you know the history? And the problem is that's what's wrong. Like, I'm gonna get into it because, like, give, give give context. You know, we like to give explainer just in case, just in case someone ain't go to Howard and they know. No, so yeah, so basically, um, recently for the past couple years. People uh, that have moved in the uh, neighborhood around Howard's campus who happen to be wealthier and influent and all that crap. And, and white. They, right. Right. That's basically <laughs> what it is. I'm beating around the bush. Yeah. It's white. They whiten up the community. Like Howard, Shaw Howard area, D.C. Is, actually, we can get into it after we get into that. But the yeah. um, point is, like, the whole, like, Howard area was built for black people that's like if you know the history of america if you know what an hbcu is which you should but like point is that space was built for black people and for you to tell us the mood what the yeah you got some audacity bro um i mean i think that's the biggest thing about it and i think like besides the fact that like what he said was just like crazy and just showed like a lack of awareness i think it was just it was representative of how, like, you know, there's an, and we've talked about this, like, multiple times with regards to, like, gentrification. It's bigger than, like, you know, it's people moving out of their neighborhoods. It's a displacement of people, but it's also just kind of, like, the lack of space that we as people have to operate kind of freely. No, facts. And I think that that's another part about what this is, especially, like, this is not, in the sense that this is not, like, gentrification in terms of, like, like the campus is not moving. Like, that's not... The campus... That's not, like, that's that's not, a question. not even a question. But I think in this case, it's like, you know, what happens when a minority group feels like they have a safe space in which they can... Not, not even, like, do what they want on, like, a... They can like, operate and, like, function in their can, own... In their own little hive. Right. Their own little ecosystem. That's and free it's comfortable for them. Right. And it's not even, like... Which goes to the... Which, like, it brings back to the entire reason of why somebody would want to attend the school. Exactly. How <laughs> you just, like... Why, one, why you to get on Howard's main yard, you have to go out of your way. You have to walk up, you gotta walk that, up that hill. hill. 
We barely wanted to do that from car. From you had to, to get walk the up that hill. You're going out of your way, and then you taking your dog, not cleaning up the poop. You come and having picnics. For me, I'm in a group organization. You sitting on my plots, you walking all on the tree. That's disrespectful, and you don't even understand what it is. Like that's that's really disrespectful. And I've experienced this firsthand because, like, I was probably like just fresh up line. And this lady was like sitting on our little plot in the, the valley. valley. Yeah. And I politely walked up to her. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, could you like move? <laughs> and I didn't say it like that specifically. Um, but she kind of responded in the sense of like, why do I have to move? And I'm like, um, well, because one, um, this plot right here represents an organization that's over 100 years old. Um, and if you know the history of this campus, you will know that everything in this valley is like basically presents some to a Greek organization in respects of their history and culture. Um, and for you to sit on it and not understand what it represents, that's kind of disrespectful. Yeah. Um, I mean, she eventually ended up moving. But the point is, it's crazy for them to like feel like they could just walk up in here and like wreck up the place. Like I'm the cap I'm the captain now. Right. And the bigger thing is like DC is getting gentrified a lot. Um because like we've seen this on Twitter how like South East is about to get renamed Georgetown East. Hold on. That hold uh, on, hold on. like nah, what? Don't talk about, hold on. Like that whole from DC. That, like, area. They even they don't even touch. Georgetown what? East? That's a stretch. Like it's like they could oh. rename this so many places. I was reading this article. You don't even have to rename it. Just call right. it what it is. Oh, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> you like, can like develop it, it. And that's what like the article was going to or speaking to where uh is basically saying how like if you're gonna redevelop the area, ensure that you're not gonna displace the people there, not like building condos that are like ten times more expensive and like of course you're gonna like buy the people out that have owned property there and or you're going to move them out because the tax uh, or the property values went up. So the taxes on their home and all of that is going to go up. Right. I mean, it's just like, I think it's my thing of like, it's just be, not even be aware, because you could be aware and the gentrification can still happen, those effects. But I think it, it adds, it's like putting salt in the wound where you're like, we're going to come and we're going to change all this stuff. And we're just unaware and we just don't, don't give care. A shit. Don't care. That's and then like you're going to question us that's for everything. being here. It sounds like petty, like, oh, we were here first, but like I think that's in the space in the case of like power, that is important. Like you from have the ground up when y'all didn't want there, right. Like when y'all didn't want to come to DC, when y'all didn't when y'all didn't send y'all kids to schools here, when y'all didn't live here, when y'all lived all out in the suburbs because you thought DC was a bad place to live, this institution was here. And I think that goes that's not and I think we're met, we're referencing Howard, but that's a thing all across the country. I'm sure that's including in the West End in Atlanta. No, fact. Like that's, AUC, was reading, like it was another another uh, article I was reading. Like HBC is across the country uh, all day. It was on the route and it was basically speaking to where how like how these grad students at Howard are basically studying gentrification and displacement in like cities in Atlanta, Nashville, New Orleans, and Baltimore, what like HBCUs are and how people in those communities like it's almost a surprise to them, but these are plans that have been in place for like 15, 20 years. Yeah. And there's nothing gonna change about it. It's just like a sense of like we have to learn how to adapt in the sense of how to get financially stable and get programs in place where we don't have to sell out 
we have to buy right. in. Yeah. And make sure that like, you know, local governments are treating neighborhoods like right. they should it's a before. Balance. It's a balance. Right. Like if you're gonna move into it, you have to work with the businesses there. Like Or okay. try to put businesses there. Because oftentimes, right. like I remember remember when we were coming up, there weren't no a lot of businesses <laughs> on the end of Fourth Street, but then once certain people moved in, they Started businesses come when certain people, people come all the right, time. Right. So I think that and that's what the article was speaking towards too. Like even living conditions, like totally in different. certain places, like people were putting in requests that weren't getting answered for years at a time. But then and but then when certain people come into the neighborhood, now we got the police Oh, they're policing the neighborhood more. And they're, they're like, y'all want the here yeah, and right. They're picking up the trash and they're right. fixing the school districts. And yeah. that just basically says white people are better because these are the people that are moving into the neighborhoods. Right. And the you value white life better. Yeah. That's not cool. That's not cool at all. Like, how do you just ignore a whole community that's there when you can put these same efforts into building that community instead of moving and displacing those right. people. And I think what you said is like good. And I think, you know, oftentimes I think when people talk about the issue of like gentrification, they just talk about it from like a, oh, like the elimination of culture and the people moving, which is like, which is like the crux of the issue. But I think deeper than that, like you said, it's like the government and businesses and money, they all value like, white occupation, white lives more than they do us. And I think that's like the part that I don't think I don't hear said that often, but I think it's like, it's fact. It is. And I think that to, just to like to say that and like all of this leads to that, all of these things lead to my life not being treated as valuable as this person's. No or that my presence somewhere is not treated the same as another person's. And it I think is. that's like the, that's the core issue. And I think that's what, you know, people who don't look like us need to grapple with is that your presence is trying to make other people feel as if their lives matter more. And I think that's definitely the most interesting part about this. And I think it's the most damning part. And I think it's, it's going to be the biggest hurdle for us to actually try to make inroads on this. Yeah. It's, uh, it sucks to like, even hear this, like, yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Uh, to have to even like think about it. Cause Coming to D.C., I moved here in 2013. It was way more black people here than it was. I moved here in uh, 1995 at birth. <laughs> <laughs> and it used to be Chocolate City, so I know you've seen it change Yeah, a lot. I mean, yeah, just like certain neighborhoods. I mean, like, <laughs> shout out to all my people from D.C. Because, I mean, like, the whole Georgetown East thing, like, for all my people in DC, that'd be like them calling like certain quarter like waterfront north. Like that's just a, I guess <laughs> like that offends me. That's offensive. Like we're yeah, it's just like you're just gonna say you know what this used to be this, and now that we're here, fuck that. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> uh, so now we don't really have a big fact. We just kind of have a. It's a fact. Yeah, I mean, we can get into it. Uh, we I don't want to start right there because like we can go into like the statistics of what's going yeah. on. Cause like presidents are coming out the muck. Everybody, oh, oh, Henry is. So I can go down the list for y'all, so y'all know what's up, know what's happening. Also, rumor has it is that um, Henry D. Woods is uh, getting ready to form his exploratory committee. Um, apparently, he's reached out. Okay. To anyway, big- <laughs> we got Bennett, Biden, Booker, Buttigieg, Castro, Denali, Gabbard, Gillibrand, Harris, Hickel, Lober, Hickenlooper, Hickenlooper, Inslee, Inslee. 
Klobuchar. There you go. Mason. I don't know. I don't, I don't know him. Who? Moten O'Rourke. 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 Ryan Sanders. Sal- Swalwell. Swalwell. Warren Williamson. Yang. Say Prater. And <laughs> why do you think I'm like, and, oh, yeah. And no. Trump and Weld. Hmm. That's a lot of my people to keep up with. Like, that's a headache. That's a real headache. That is a fucking headache. Why are all these people running for president? Shoot. 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 <sighs> it's um, really shoot your shot season. So I think I think what I think we thought about talking about it in terms of this, I think um, I know we've tried to, like, deal with the whole presidential election in spurts. One, because there are so many candidates. And also, two, because, like, we have in the doc, the Iowa caucus is 277 days away. So I think, I know we've struggled with this in terms of, like, it seems like everything we hear about is, like, oh, this person's running. This person's running. Oh, who's going to win? Who's going to win? And it's, like, that's all you it's hear overload. And I think that it also... It really is, because it's, it's, it's not... The first, like... Jesus. This is going to be a real... But I think there's like an interesting way of like what's the we best just way can't, people cannot to get focused, lost on the go, and that is well. I can get into my personal feelings on this next hat. Well, but well, well, let's go right into it because right. I think I think what you said is key. I think we'll let's. let's well, yeah. Let's so it's kind of like um, the main goal is to get Trump out of office. That's the main goal, but we got to go through like two stages to get there. At, at, if you're voting. And you should be voting. And me, I'm gonna vote for a Democrat because I mean that's the quotation mark best party. So or best party in my interest. Um, so if we go into the, to the next time, I'm not voting for him. Who is him? Joe Biden. But I think that goes to the most interesting thing about this. I think when we were texting about this, I think. Um, you and Mackenzie were kind of like, oh, do we really have to do this? But I think it's actually, I think this actually leads to a very interesting question. And I think you just, and you just said it. I think you're, you said your your number one priority is to get Trump out of office. Right. The person, and I can't, I cannot even disagree because I wholeheartedly believe this. The person who I think out of all the candidates who can, who has the best chance of beating Trump is Joe Biden. Joe Biden. This is and what, that's and like this the is crazy. What, this thing. is what I mean when and I you say know it too. I'm not voting for him. So let me break it down because the stages to this. Because we got it. What's the first stage of voting called? I don't know that. I know the primary. That is it. <laughs> no, but it's no because they got to like the caucus is the part of the primary. So like so wait because I'm thinking like don't who the, gets the main Democratic pick? Don't they have to go through the a process? It's a process. It's like the delegate, that. but it depends. But it all flows back to like how we vote so it's like yes but like it matters don't, don't we have to put in a bid or something for that or that's just polling numbers it's not oh my god we need to have like a like an election explainer on the next bro i don't understand it's, none of this shit <laughs> so it's basically like there are caucus like georgia has a primary right i get and that so like georgia will say like okay we vote for harris and then they say all right we vote for harris for 60 percent of the vote of the delegates that are in Georgia, 60% will basically be allocated to Harris. And then by the end, after you tally all of that up, you try to hit a certain threshold of delegates. In pretty much every case, if you get the delegates, 
You already did. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like a cheaper version of the electoral college, which I know we already got beef with, but that's how I figured it. That's what I'm saying. But that's back, what but, I'm saying. That process. Of, back, okay, so basically, you're saying that you wouldn't vote for Biden in a primary, but you would vote for him in a general election. Or are you not saying that? Yeah. So if it, if it's if it so basically if if in wait so okay here's a better way of explaining this so in Georgia and we get to the absentee ballot you see all those names there got you no I'm not, not voting for Biden even if he's the favorite front runner no okay but come November twenty oh yes he made ticket he made ticket here you go buddy yeah. <sighs> but I think but, but yeah. I think it's actually interesting though because I think that. I think everyone would agree that if you said, hey, this person versus Trump, who has the best chance of winning? A strong majority of the people would say, oh, yeah, Biden versus Trump, Biden would win. And I think that people need to kind of think about that if if what we really value is in terms of like, okay, is getting Trump out the most important thing? It is. Then Biden is the best person to do that. Oh, but that's because he has the, he has the best chance of winning because you can say I mean he if we like I think a, Harris has according a real to shot. your CNN polls on this docket Biden is thirty nine percent, Sanders is fifteen percent, Warren is eight percent, mm-hmm. Harris is five percent, O'Rourke is six percent, Booker two percent, and Buttigieg is seven. Right. So I thought Harris would have a higher percentage. Not just kind of falling off a little bit. What's going on? We'll talk about that next episode. Nothing bad, but it's just you know it, it, we're we're two hundred some days out. Shit changed. Shit happened. But, I but think- yeah, Biden got a juju now, and like that's why we gonna get into the next level up to this topic because yeah. it's kind of like how do I feel about this candidate? And he does have some concerns. That's why it's like I'm not. That's why it, when I that's how you just broke down when I got my ATC ballot from Georgia or whatever. Yeah. I'm with both here because I got like personally. That's why. I, like I never under, as I was like a kid when Obama was in office. I was just excited about Obama. Yeah. And then as I grew up and started to like pay attention to like certain stuff, it's like, okay, why did you pick him? I don't think I think mm, that's a longer conversation. I think it's you know you have the inexperienced senator with the more experienced senator. Because he was in the Senate for like 30-something years before he was VP, so he had the relationships that everyone feared that Obama didn't. And as a, as a tandem, they did, even though I think sometimes VP picks can be a little bit overrated sometimes, because it's all about, you know, who your, lead, who, your lead, who your leading actor is or actress at the end of the day. But they did complement each other well in terms of But you know what? Experience. That's what's like kind of pissed me off, because he only getting his juice because of Obama. I... Right. And I think that it helps that Obama is viewed favorably now after once Trump got in office. But I think someone said something interesting that I think is actually relevant and that someone said that a lot of Biden's kind of campaigning is going to be running on the Obama legacy without mentioning Obama, without actually saying like, yeah, we did all this stuff because of like this black guy. And I think that's actually interesting to see kind of like how much he really attaches himself in name to him like you can say like yeah when i was vp and it's like yeah you were vp but who was the who's the top dog so i think that there are, i mean there are real concerns about him and i think that we can like get into yeah, it yeah because like okay so um 
He's 76. He would be the oldest president in history. Mm-hmm. So if he took office, he would be 78, I'm pretty sure, by the time, or 76, 78 or 77 by the time he takes office, which is like a real thing that people should, should think about. I think that oftentimes when you say like, oh, yeah, like what's like age? Like age is like a real thing. Yeah, I think people try 80, my boy. Right. And like, that's a real thing. Like you Trump is the oldest president, I think boy. now and he's 72. 71? Yeah, you need to sit down somewhere. So that's real. Um, he wow. wrote he wrote the original 1994 crime bill, which was signed by Bill Clinton. Um, he's been very vocal and very upfront today about how he made a mistake with the bill and how it had unintended consequences. In this, go, you, what you, go ahead. No, I think, I, I want to know what you want to say, because I, I think this is like actually Just a really, this is actually specifically, a really That's why I'm having like conflict with him now especially because he's running out on this the country's so divided and we need equality and spread love and all of this and it's like but you helped play a role back in the day right and my thing is the same thing with this next topic we're gonna get in or concern we're gonna get into about him it's kind of like you running off this little entitlement of oh i messed up i learned it's okay you haven't really shown to me that like you actually change your views, change your interests. It's kind of I think like, like yes and no. Because I think it's like I'm trying I'm not trying to like advocate for him. But I think it's in one sense, I think that I do believe that he's sincere in the fact that he knows that to be frank, that he fucked up. It's not like remember when Bill Clinton was like people were heckling him about him signing it and he was like he got defensive. He was like, Wait, what? You weren't there when like Black people were getting killed. Like he just went off like on like a tangent about it. I think that there is something to like in general. I think there's something to someone admitting that they fucked up, which is I think important because I would be more upset if he kind of did the PC like, oh yeah, you know, if I would have did it, if I would know what I know now, I wouldn't have done it. And he was like upfront about his role in it, but also his him understanding the mistakes that he made, which is I think the most important thing in that. Because it would be different if he was just saying, like, yeah, if, if it would have happened now, I would have done it. But he goes into, like, a comma and says, I would not have done blank, 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 and blank. There was a problem. I tried to fix it the wrong way because the what the bill ended up happening was this, 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 and this, which did this, 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 and this. It at least shows to me that he is at least understanding of what went wrong, which doesn't make his doing of it correct. But I think that... There is oftentimes a revisionist history of like, can someone correct a mistake? Because right, I think if we haven't we, really spoken toward like legislation or anything, he would put he hasn't, and that's and I and like I said, he has holes. That's something that he needs to do. And like when we get into like the heads up, she the only real one talking about policy. Yeah, and then but that's another topic. Right. But um, yeah, so like the next concern about him is that Anita. Hill situation. He took responsibility for not overseeing it well. You know, he was the Senate Judiciary Chair at the time uh, who oversee that hearing. And, like, <clears throat> I'm going to play this clip for y'all and then we'll get into it. You reached out to Anita Hill. She has recently said, when asked if she felt it was an apology that you had extended, she said no. That She said, I cannot be satisfied by simply saying I'm sorry for what happened to you. I will be satisfied when I know there is real change and real accountability and real purpose. I, I was grateful she took the call. I don't want to get in our private conversation, but the point is that, look, 
I was chairman of the committee. Professor, do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth to help you guys? I do. I believed her from the very beginning, I, but I was chairman. She did not get a fair hearing. She did not get treated well. That's my responsibility. And I committed that I am determined to continue the fight, to see to it that we basically change the culture in this country where a woman is put in a position where she is disbelieved. As the committee chairman, I take responsibility that she did not get treated well. I take responsibility. So to me, again, that's um, he, one, he going on a, a lot of apologies. Um, two, <laughs> two, it's just like, what? Like, you yeah. really didn't say, okay, you messed up, but how did you mess it up? Okay, you learned from yourself. Like, okay, that's like your mom giving you a whooping for like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. I'm sorry, I won't do it again. That's it. Like, okay, do you understand the lesson behind it? Right, yeah. Not just like in terms of like going through the motions of like, and that's what I know I have to apologize for this. So, and that's what it seems like he's doing a lot of. And that's my problem with him. It's like, are you really sincere about this stuff, bro? Because, like, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I like, you know, I ain't had no real beef with you. But it's just like, I ain't really like, you know what I'm saying? You never, it was whatever. It was whatever. That's who you was. And now I'm starting to have a light little problem with him and that's saying I wouldn't vote for him because you just seem like you're trying to do this now to benefit yourself. And I have a problem with that. That's fact. I think, like I've always said, I think that it's up to the candidate or the person to explain it, be sincere about it, and show that they actually understand their role in it, but also the what's what's the real reason why behind people are upset? Why are, what what did you do that caused them to be upset? Do you understand why they're upset and how can you work toward that not happening again? Or do you how can you work toward fixing whatever that main issue is? And I think that for him, he definitely has some stuff to work on on that. I think, you know, he did sign the Violence Against Women Act, which is important against taking steps against, um, you know, domestic violence. But and I think, like, like, with Harris and, like, with Booker, this is all stuff that we talked about. Like, no candidate is perfect. It doesn't matter if you're the front runner or oh, it doesn't facts, matter if you're facts. the last candidate who's a House member who we barely know about. Like, Tulsi Gabbard, who's, like, sponsoring, like, conversion, like, gay conversion camps. Like, I think every candidate, no matter how big, no how small you are, has stuff that they need to work on, has issues that they need to address within themselves. Like the candidate we're going to talk about next, she has issues that she has to, that she has left kind of unsolved for me. Um, really? What? The whole um, like Indian heritage thing. That doesn't, that still doesn't sit well with me. I don't even know what you're talking about. We'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So I just think that in terms of processing all this, I think you have to look at the good, look at the bad, make a decision for yourself. But I think it's just, it's okay to feel overwhelmed about all this 2020 stuff. Cause I know I do when I see some of the candidates running, I'm like, I, you're just doing this for clout. <laughs> so I think that they're doing it for clout. clout. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out. Yeah. They definitely doing it for some reason. So I think that that's just important for us to know, but I think it's just important for when we talk about these candidates and I think we're going to try to like, I mean, we, I think we've been good on our promise to talk about the good and the bad and all that. But I think um, getting to the. Oh, wait, do you have anything to add? 
Oh, no, that's it. We got to get y'all alone out of here, man. Yeah, so quick to the heads up. Uh, so Elizabeth Warren, so shout out to Mackenzie, who put basically a senior thesis paper <laughs> in our notes section. Um, I, I, re- I actually read this. So Elizabeth Warren, the senator from Massachusetts, who is running for 2020, who Henry previously mentioned earlier, two days ago, she published an op-ed on um, – maternal mortality rates for black and brown mothers. Um, the op-ed was published in Essence. I encourage you all to look it up. It's really good. Um, so black women are three to four times more likely than white mothers to die from a pregnancy or child-related um, birth causes. Um, this trend continues. It's mainly like a geographic thing, but mainly it's an income thing. Um, I think Warren has laid out a plan. She hasn't gotten too deep into the details, but um, her plan is to basically um, incentivize hospitals and health systems that keep mothers healthy, black mothers healthy, that have good, um, that are basically doing their job. And basically she wants to punish the hospitals that have poor histories of protecting the lives of black and brown mothers. And I think that that's something that's like, that relates to my family and like me and my mother. And I think that um, it's definitely good that she's being very vocal about policy. I know we've talked in our chat, like she's the most, engaged on an actual policy level, which I think actually means something to me personally, because when she released this, you're, you're automatically getting my attention. Yeah, like she, again, like I said earlier, she's the only one that's really talking about policy for real, and it's, it's good that it's just starting the conversation. Yeah, and it's, whew, I'm surprised she don't have no pull for real, because yeah, this 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 it, this deep, that, that's it. Um, because this really affects a lot of black women. Because I know a lot of people personally that had yeah. you know what I'm saying problems, difficulties. Like pre- pregnancy in general is like a hard thing to get through. But like specifically black women and like the health when the doctors like, don't believe what you're right. saying, and you know it's stuff like that. It's like access to hospitals and all right, that stuff. It's, it's stuff like that, and it it just it puts us in a real box and, yeah. and it causes a lot of problems and it and affects a lot of people. And I'm glad like somebody is paying attention to yeah. it, taking some type of initiative to fix it. No, I think it's important. I think, you know, we're talking about all this 2020 stuff and we can tell it so early because candidates are just kind of painting in broad strokes. Like, right. here's my vision. Here's my message. And right. she's just like, here's what I would do. Right. Like, here's something I think is right. wrong that I'm going to try to fix. Right. And, and like, I, that gets my like, attention. That, I, I, I bang with that. Yeah. Like, you're taking this I actually got to go read it. it, it you said it's an essence. Yeah, yeah it's an essence, too. Doc. So she oh, like, we got the link right here. Yeah. So she knows who she... Come on now. We prepared. No. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> so I think that's just something to look out for. I encourage everybody to read it. Um, you know, men, women, everybody. It's definitely important. Um, speaking of health... Um, Henry has flagged this in our chat for weeks now, and I think it's now like everything's starting to come home to roost in the worst possible terms. But yeah, facts. Um, uh, so there's a growing number of abortion bills and laws that are restricting um, access to um, maternity care. So South Carolina passed legislation that would ban almost all abortions once a fetal heartbeat is detected. Ohio did the same thing; they signed it into law. Georgia, um, Georgia's fake governor um, Brian Kemp. Right. Um, yeah, Definitely yeah, fake governor. Yeah, 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 we ain't forgot about you, bro. Um, he's expected to sign a bill, a similar bill, next before May twelfth, which is next week. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, it's crazy. To like what? 
basically like a fetal heartbeat bill. He's expected to sign it before May 12th, which is when the session That's is. crazy. And I think the crazy part about this bill is that um, a fetal heartbeat can be detected at six weeks. Sometimes women don't even know they're pregnant before then. Which That's is like good. the And then Texas made it a felony. Um, which we talked about last episode. They made right. it, they criminalized it. Or they're working on a bill to criminalize it. And I think that this is something that I think since they can't do it on the federal level, they're trying to do it on the state. My they're thing to, like, is, how you finna tell me what, what the I can do? I ain't even a woman and I'm mad. Right. And but I the think, thing, no, the thing about Kansas that's good, though, is right, like, yeah, is in their state constitution, it's, it said it's fundamentally it protects abortion, you, the right of personal autonomy. You autonomy, yeah. autonomy, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You can like you can't do that. Yeah, and I think that and from a legal perspective, that's gonna be really important. Exactly. If they put up legal challenges in other states, they can be like Kansas just ruled on this. Right. And this is against what the hell they just ruled exactly. against. Exactly. Is that's I'm that's crazy. Right. It's crazy that so many and it's happening. Fast. Like the bills that have been introduced just this year, granted, not every one of them have been passed. We already talked about the ones that have been like Kentucky and Mississippi. Those have already, they already have those laws on the books. But here is where other states where they've been introduced Missouri, Ohio, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida, Illinois, Louisiana, Maryland, Minnesota, New York, South Carolina, West Virginia. So people are really shooting their shot. And I think that um, this is important in terms of like an advocacy standpoint. I think that like, you know, we always say like, oh, like, you know, this is like a women's issue. Like, no, nah, this is not. Like, I think it's good that you and I are engaged on the issue as men, because I think that oftentimes men are the ones fucking this up for women. And I think that's something we need to talk and about. That, that's right. really, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's the, the bigger thing that's about it. Men are writing these bills. Right. Men are pushing this legislation. Yeah. How the heck are you going to, and no. y'all... And it, the crazier thing the is, the they be the ones having to do this in this. What? But I think that's important. I think, like what you said, like men are the one writing these bills, and we need to call them out on that shit. That's crazy, bro. Like so, it's really ridiculous. Yes, I mean that's unless you got anything to add. That's you know what I'm saying. That's it. That's uh, so get on now. So, Make sure y'all follow us on Twitter at underscore WRGO. Follow wow. us on Instagram at What's Really Going On. Um, follow us on Goddamn YouTube, YouTube at What's Really Going On. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. What's Really Going On. SoundCloud, same thing. Um, merch coming soon. Yeah, merch coming soon. All of that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs>